0: 11.30. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are advancing. The S&P 500 index within 1% of its record rallies in energy producers and airlines offsetting slumping health care shares. Right now, the S&P at 2117. The record on the S&P 2130 reached last May. Right now, the S&P up four-tenths of 1%. The Dow also higher by four-tenths of 1%, up 70 points to 17990 NASDAQ up four, a gain of 0.1%. Tenure up 8.30 seconds, yield 1.70%. Gold unchanged at 124750 Crude trading above $50 a barrel, 50.42 right now on West Texas Intermediate. It is up by 1.5%. I'm Charlie Pellett, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. We are broadcasting live at Pershing's Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando of Florida. And, you know, planning for retirement means more than just having a personal plan to assure that you have enough money to enjoy your older age. It's also about having a health plan and being healthy in order to enjoy it. Here to tell us more is Dr. Annette Khalid, Cancer Division Head and Associate Professor at the Burnett School of Biomedical Sciences, University of Central Florida College of Medicine. Dr. Khalid, thank you very much for being here. It's a pleasure. Now, I know that you spoke on the panel having to do with developing the next generation of treatments for cancer. Uh, I wonder if you could just speak a little bit about why this is such a crucial issue for all of the attendees here at this Pershing 2016 conference.
1: So we're really at a forefront right now in cancer research where we're making discoveries that are going to advance cures for patients. But We've discovered that in order to personalize a cure for a specific patient's tumor, we need a lot more treatments than we have currently available. In fact, only about maybe two to three percent of patients actually have a type of tumor that can be treated with currently available drugs. We need a lot more drugs in the marketplace. And that's what labs like mine are doing is we're discovering new drugs and trying to move them forward to commercialize them and get them into patients.
2: That is stunning though to say such a small amount of, of tumors are really only truly treatable mm-hmm. with the current mm-hmm. the current drugs mm-hmm. the current uh, protocols you are on in, in the midst of something that's very important because what, what, to, to cure cancer it seems like the big thing is to figure out how it works and, and get in the middle of that process so the cancer cannot develop right mm-hmm. so talk to us about CT20p. It's a molecule that gets in the way of something called a chaperonin, which is a key part of a tumor growing and developing and ultimately
1: killing someone if you can't stop it. So you've you've defined our uh, platform very well. We actually discovered a therapeutic that is a small peptide that's really made of amino acids that are part of your body's normal cells. And this peptide actually goes to cancer cells and specifically kills them. And the way it does it is because it interferes with very large machinery that's also found in cells. It's called the chaperonin. And what chaperonins do is they basically fold proteins in their final shapes so they can function. You know, DNA makes RNA, RNA makes protein. But proteins don't stop there. Proteins have to have an activity. But they have to have the right shape to be able to have their activities. And that's what chaperonins do. They actually make proteins reach the right shape so they can function and do their jobs. So cancer cells need a lot of proteins, and they need a lot of proteins in the right shape. And so our peptide blocks the chaperonin, specifically in cancer cells, and thereby reducing the number of proteins that can function in cancer cells. And cancer cells will then die.
0: Dr. Khalid, uh, maybe explain the kind of cancer that we're talking about here, because I understand that if you have cancer or a tumor in one part of your body and then it metastasizes, it shifts to other parts of your body... Now we're getting into an area where you can imagine people need a lot of help to understand this. Correct,
1: correct. So usually the tumor is localized, or it's a primary tumor. A lot of treatments might be able to, you know, surgeries or even, you know, toxic compounds, chemotherapeutics, radiation, can really deal with the localized tumors it's when these tumors, as you mentioned, leave that primary location. When they spread. They spread, and they move to the brain, and they move to the lungs or the bones, areas that are really hard to treat and really hard to find. And so it's a challenge to find the treatments and drugs that will actually help these patients eliminate the spread. And what we do with our treatment is actually target those cells specifically. We're targeting these cells that move around and, and preventing them from basically moving a lot of your work right now focusing on breast cancer. Correct. My we're using breast cancer as our model because it really affects so many women and it's really a, a challenge because when it metastasizes there's very little choices out there.
0: What so, about raising money to do all this?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's the challenge that we have. So, you know, we're our ideas are very vulnerable because we don't have funding to see them through. And this is where we need funds. We need organizations like the Breast Cancer Research Foundation that funds studies like mine to be able to develop these ideas that we have into something that can be turned into a cancer drug for patients.
2: Tell us a bit about, and I'm sure one of the reasons is that you need money, and let's just underscore this, that uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Annette Khalid is at the Burnett School of Biomedical Sciences and... Again, if you want to send some money for
1: help our research, go right ahead. Yes, please. Yes. Because uh, we're, what we're doing is not only helping cancer you know, survivors, preventing cancer. Uh, met- metastatic cancer is not just breast cancer. There's so many cancers that, you know, prostate, lung, liver, all these metastatic sites. What we do can help those cancers as well. I just said that one of the reasons it's probably costly, if you're using, you know, you're harnessing nanotechnology,
2: for example. Tell us about some of the tools that are, that you're developing and using to do this groundbreaking cancer so, research and discoveries.
1: Correct. So as we have a drug and we have a target, we have to get our drug to that target. And that's where nanotechnology comes in. We can use these small nanoparticles and they're actually made of a polyester polymer. It's biodegradable and we can load up these little nanoparticles with our peptide inject it into, you know, a patient and have those nanoparticles find the tumors and deliver our peptide to those tumors.
0: I wonder if you could describe also the idea of finding the right doctor or the right treatment. How does a patient go about doing this? Because it seems as though you could go online, but you could also end up in a place that is not necessarily going to give you stuff that's useful.
1: You've actually hit a real problem in the field. Because you can have a, a lot of clinical trials at academic centers, but there are very few academic centers that are accessible to all the patients. If you live in, you know, a major city, fine, but what if you don't? How do you find these, these treatments, these clinics? Your own doctor is still the best place to start with. But, you know, we have to fix that. We have to make these clinical trials and these things in a way that's accessible to patients. Not just, you know, those patients that happen to live in an academic area.
2: I'm still thinking of those little polyester polymers <laughs> who are grabbing the peptides and moving them around. It just, right. it just, right. it's it, so, it's fascinating. Uh, as far as very top down, we're in election year. If you were suddenly the czar of, of combating, finding a cure for cancer, what would you say about the, the big system we have in place that needs to be changed, that needs to move forward? You're obviously
1: mentioning money. Well, key is money. So first we need to put more money into these ideas. There, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of scientists working on cures. We need money to move forward so we can develop our cures into breakthroughs that can be developed in technologies. But more importantly, once we've got the technology in hand, we need to facilitate the process of getting through, you know, intellectual property. The patent process takes way too long. I mean, waiting around for five years to get a patent issued so you can commercialize your technology, that's way too much time to waste, We need to work with FDA to get things to happen faster so we're not spending, you know, eight to ten years waiting through all the clinical trials and everything to get to that point. So there's a lot of things that have to work hand-in-hand with government, with regulatory uh, agencies to make things happen for the scientists who are developing new technologies.
0: Are these new technologies primarily being developed in the United States?
1: No, all over the world. The United States is definitely a leader. You know, over 50% of our universities are working on basic science research that will lead to new discoveries.
2: Education, you've uh, been on this road for some time. Uh, Obviously, so much hard work to get to the level where you are. If you're if you were advising some young person about going into this field as a doctor, a scientist, someone who is working on the technology or even
1: you know, selling. I mean what, what what advice would you give them at this point? Is this a growing field? Is this a tough field? It's a tough field but you follow your heart. That's what I tell everybody. You love what you do. You have to absolutely have a passion for what you do. And if you have have that you'll be successful. So I train students in my lab, and I've got students who work in biotechnology, technology transfer, who are, are doing academic like I'm doing myself. So I train students who do all sorts of different things with their degrees. Just follow your passion, follow your heart is what I tell them.
0: We are in Florida, so I do want to ask you a little bit about melanoma and carcinoma, <laughs> it, yeah. right? You got to because this, you know, it, it seems like something that only you, you avoid when you're you know, young and, and, and healthy, but it can come back and hurt you later later on. What kind of advances or what kind of treatments are, are currently being worked on?
1: Some great immunotherapy is coming out there, teaching your body to, you know, function and kill the cancers themselves, enabling your, your body to defend yourself. And, of course, wear your sunscreen and wear your hat if you're in Florida.
0: It sounds like a good idea. I want to thank you very much for spending time with us. Dr. Annette Khalid is the head of the Cancer Division and associate professor at the Burnett School of Biomedical Sciences at the University of Central Florida College of Medicine. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. my co-host Kathleen Hayes. We are broadcasting live at Pershing's Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando. This year marks 18 years of Insight, 18 years committed to the success of advisors. We're here with over 2,000 financial professionals from all over the globe. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio.